Hello and welcome to the Disney Animated Cannonball, a podcast where I, Talon Lee, he, him, and I, Fox Lee, she, her, watch all of the Disney animated movies in the Disney Animated Canon, and here we are in 2018's final boss of this podcast, Ralph Breaks the Internet. It really is. We watched The Emoji Movie 2. We watched Ralph Boomer's Boomerly. We watched Getting the Brands Back Together. We watched My Incredibly Sexy Hispanic Car Thief Mom Closet Key. I think she's Israeli. Actually, she would be if it's Gal Gadot. Damn, shit. Oh, that's all complicated now, isn't it? Oh, damn, shit. (laughs) Why can't I have one nice hot thing in this stupid movie? Well, before we talk about what's nice and hot in it, I guess I should talk about the plot in (laughs) 60 seconds. Yeah, have fun with that. Okay, ready? Ding, 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 ding! Ralph of Wreck-It Ralph ruins everything again. Escapes to extremely corporate vision of the internet to try and raise money for MacGuffin. This prevents a number... This presents a bunch of very dumb visions of how people make money on the internet. Disney, the most important thing in the world, gets to try and score cheap heat mocking itself. They get the money for the MacGuffin, but oh no, Vanellope maybe wants to stay in the game with the most ridiculously and needlessly attractive woman in it. (laughs) In a very heterosexual way, with all the rainbows and singing they do together. Ralph then proceeds to fuck everything up in a tantrum because he's a garbage toilets person. Ralph saves everyone from himself having fucked it up. And no lesson is learned based on the previous movie. We will assume these events will repeat in a cycle forever. (laughs) I I can't wait for uh, Ralph Social's The Media. Or, you know, that's just what this was as well. I can't fucking imagine what the next trend would be that they would make a movie this awful about. Well, we've got to wait until that bandwagon comes along for them to jump onto it. It's true. It's true. Hey, Fox, do you have any prior experience with this movie? Saw this for the first time tonight. Can't say I'm happy about it. What about the double take? Do you have any impressions that are different now from when you first watched it? If I watched it again, I'd probably hate it more. (laughs) And we move on to the Yike Store slash product of its time. Uh, I mean, this is just the entire movie, right? It's, this is the brandediest branded shit of 2018? 2018. 2018. It's it's the tweeters and the YouTubes and the Insta likes and the... Oh, I hate it so much. It is a jewel of the pre-pandemic internet. It is the apex point. Like, this is, this is as good as the internet was going to get in its current trajectory pre-pandemic. And now, after the pandemic, it's worse. <laughs> Well, I mean, the internet is actively trying to make itself worse at this point. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that's that tracks. This movie has a soundtrack by Imagine Dragons, and it has references to Fortnite dances in it. Oh, God, I forgot the Fortnite dances. Oh, wow. But at the same time, those are then filtered to the real world with a Tosh.0 style show. And Fox is... Give what me a look. What the fuck like, is that? Yeah, okay, so I, a thing that Americans needed was a dude doing a show where he would show you things he found on YouTube. Like, remember Australians Funniest Home Videos? Yeah, of course. Okay, imagine that, but it's all YouTube clips. Wow, this is how I realized that I remember every word to the opening theme of Australia's Funniest Home Videos. I remember the refrain, because it never went away. 
And I, I remember singing it when I saw our Prime Minister get hit in the head with a fire door. <laughs> it was Tony Abbott, so fuck him. Uh, we have some garden variety yikes in the form of all the fat jokes, all the discussion of Ralph's extremely gross physicality. Uh, yeah, double, good, good to see some fat jokes. Double Dan's grotesque slug-like body. Mm, didn't need that. Also, the whole, like conjoined twin making fun of thing which is extremely well it's not of its time actually it's kind of of south park 2001 kind of thing but yep. whatever i guess <laughs> it's probably hilarious and this is in a way the greatest triumph of this movie is to be the thing of its time of its time it is 2018's vision of the internet as branded by about two dozen companies and the thing about now is it's worse. It's like five. This isn't like, I mean, the first Racket Ralph was an exercise in product placement, but it was like for the sake of having characters you'd recognize and maybe they made a little joke about them, you know, subverted your expectations or, you know, just kind of made Cubit a recurring character. But this is just, this is just to have brands, just actual, the real brand names, just all over the place just everywhere like it straight up is disney's the emoji movie you're not wrong the mail trucks that move email around like they're for moving email yeah they didn't pop out generic email icons did no, they no they popped out gmail they popped out gmail it's <laughs> it's a corporate branded hellscape internet dystopia and the number of times that it stands there and lathers itself with going look at the magical wonder of the internet as we envision it it made my soul shrivel in my chest and made me realize that the people who are responsible for the world being this way are made of meat and have names and addresses. <laughs> like, man, do you remember what the our, our vision of the virtualization of the internet used to look like in, like, 1997? Hell, Tron's from the 80s. They, they put Tron in this they movie. Did, yeah. <laughs> and Tron's vision of the internet was these vast shimmering lines that stretched out infinitely, whereas this thing's vision of the internet is basically... One city. It's just like not just any city. It's like if you let you know the Google guys and Elon Musk build you know a company town of super skyscrapers and shit. It's so clean and shiny, and I, you know, down to our grimy fucking matrixy fucking cyberpunky roots. I just I'm so mad at this ugly clean tech bro vision of the internet i hate it i hate everything about it it is antiseptic it is yeah that's a great word for it and every character in this internet is an undifferentiated corporate item with basically some rudimentary facial alterations there are and they're all made to comply with one particular simple simplified body type and like it's it's just this really painful powerpoint presentation visualization of a big sprawling complicated interconnected network of people but the people in this vision of the internet are moving through the city they are not the reason the city exists i'm gonna revisit this because i just formulated my grand thesis but for now we're still in yikestore territory so yeah, the, the corporate shit is off the charts in this movie. Yikes, 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 fucking yikes. Anything I, else? I glibly talked about it when I was 
making the summary Disney cor- scoring cheap heat by making fun of itself. No. Fuck you. <laughs> I don't even know if that's yikesy. It's just stupid and bad, and I hate them for it. You don't get to do it. You you just don't, you don't get, get to, to do it. no. I've been bitching about this in every one of these movies we've watched recently. Disney's cute little like <laughs> Disney formula stuff is so silly. Look, the princesses are like cool and competent now, and the the little tongue in cheek bullshit they've been doing every time really culminates in the the princess stuff from this movie where they're just like that. Sure is some stupid writing that we're gonna milk for children's money until the day we are burned off the face of the earth. It's for a start. The idea of the Disney formula being a problem. This isn't a Disney formula. This is actually like five Disney formulas. We've watched all of these movies so far. And the idea that these characters represent one problem and they all have the <laughs> same problem about how people perceive them and how, hey, they, we don't need a big strong man. Actually, no, you definitively do. You don't get to tell me that Snow White has cool powers now because we know she doesn't because we watched her fucking movie. Don't lie to me. Don't fart in my ear and tell me it's the wind. This whole vision of this then tries to put Moana, who we know does stuff and has abilities, on the same level as Snow White, a greeting card that someone cast a spell on and it came to life. And then saying all of these things are roughly the same and all the criticisms of them, they Mm -hmm. also think those criticisms are stupid because they know better. And... Fuck you, you don't get to do that. It is cynical to the nth degree. It is incredibly insincere. And also it underscores a covert vileness of by trying to put themselves in the position of, oh, well, we want to make fun of what people think a Disney princess is about. The only person who can change what a Disney princess is about is you. And you have not done enough. You have not redeemed Cinderella by having her make the shiv. Now, counterpoint to that, I guess, to myself, the shiv is extremely funny and cool. It is a layer cake of first taking the legitimate criticisms and setting them aside and then taking the bad faith criticisms and legitimizing them by being like, oh yeah, that that totally is how, how these things were. And then saying, oh, but don't worry, because this is how the princesses are when they're at home, see? They're, they're all really cool and, you know, tough, and they don't need no man, and it's just the shell... You're right, cynical. It's I was not prepared for the level of cynicism. Uh, and I don't... Even though I love those fucking sleepover designs, they're super cool, I could have gotten them from any Disney fan artist. I didn't need Disney to make them canonical, and the bullshit that surrounds it is not worth it. And bonus, extra yikes, the princesses have a job, and it sucks, and they hate it. That is actually in text here. They get told, you need to come up for another quiz at which we know one qu- one princess is going to come out and give an answer. And that's something that makes them all groan. Even in the fantasy of Disney's most idealized, fictionalized self, the job sucks. <laughs> it's we it's must, not good. We must imagine Sisyphus happy goes the line. In this case, they can't imagine... Their workers happy. 
It's a bit of a mess, yeah. Uh, also, I'm gonna... Uh, well, you know what? We'll, we'll uh, talk about this in the, uh, the production, I guess. Because uh, I'm sure a number of those voices are uh, not who they were originally. And I'm concerned about who they might have been in replacement. Yeah, we'll find out. We'll find out. Is there any more yikes for now? Um, Fix-It Felix is still creepy? Fix-It Felix had less than one hour before he hated being a dad. <laughs> yeah, that was a little wild. I get they had to move things at a clip, but... Uh, I mean, no, they didn't. They could have structured this movie better. That's also true. It's not well structured. Uh, anyway, uh, he's still creeping. I hate the whole him and Calhoun thing, even though like, at least it's we're not... Actively being forced to sit through the grossness of it evolving. It's They're just happy together now, and that's better than last time when we had to see him being a little creep who didn't know how to take no for an answer or empathize with someone's traumatic episodes. Yeah. Christ, it's so hard to realize that this franchise existed just within this season. It's a stain that reaches back. <laughs> well, I guess that's a part of the nature of how quickly these things evolved. We found out a lot of stuff about the time period nonsense we were trying to work out from the first record, Ralph, actually. Did we? Or was I right all along? <laughs> it, look, it mostly makes sense if it's just the old guy is a retro fan and he keeps shit around forever. But the, it still makes no sense that Vanellope's game is such a modern style game. We will get back to that in whatever land, because I have fanfiction. Uh, animation and making! Uh... Ooh, okay, it was made by Richmore and Phil Johnston, who made the first one. The it's voice not... cast is almost entirely the same. It's not visibly distinct from the first one. It looks like the same movie over again. Um, mm -hmm. Our new characters are very cool. If we haven't been clear about it, I, I love Shank's design. Uh, she's great, and there's no creepy little Felix to ruin her. Mm -hmm. um, and I really like Yes as well. She yes or yes. I don't know how yes. we were supposed to read that accent. Yes. Y-E-double-S. Oh, with two S's. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, she's a personification of the algorithm driving likes on YouTube, so I kind of hate her as well. Yeah, but... she is evil. She is actually evil. During this period, 2018, <laughs> this is the period where Yes would be going, oh, by the way, I am serving a million videos to babies every day. I mean, she <laughs> should be evil, but she's not, which is... One of the many, many ways in which this movie's uh, metaphorization of the internet fails. Mm -hmm. uh, because she's actually a good guy and a nice person. And I'm sure this has nothing to do with uh, wanting to create in viewers a favorable impression of the Google brand. Uh, or I guess she's TikTok. I don't know. The site was TikTok very... didn't exist at this point, Fox. TikTok was literally unheard of. Oh, really? Wow. I don't know. I just assumed it had been around for several years before I heard about it because I, I never picked these things up early. We will have a talk off <laughs> about, about the absolutely ter terrifying thing that is TikTok. Look, I'm old and I have no relationship with mobile-first web apps. All right. Uh, but as far as voice cast goes, the voice cast is just the same people... Plus Taraji P. Henson and Gal Gadot. And a bunch of people who got filed under additional voices and in some cases didn't get credited. Ooh, that's rough. Like J.P. Spamley. He's voiced by a guy called Bill Hader. Well, at least he got credited. No, 
He didn't. What? He didn't get credit in the movie. He was How under additional know? voices. This movie is dense with the Disney category of additional voices. People who have very small number <laughs> of lines. Maurice LaMarche is in here, you know, brain. Um, and uh, Tim Allen is in here for one line. He, he does the Buzz Lightyear. Oh, that's right. Buzz Lightyear. But God, they, they, they sure do put in whatever shit Disney owns just as much as they can cram, don't they? Mm-hmm. Yikes. You did get Roger Craig Smith as Sonic the Hedgehog. Of course. He's the, the current Sonic voice. <gasps> He's not the current Sonic voice. Did you see today's announcement? I don't care. Sonic is black again. What? Yeah. I... What? There are, there's so many parts of that sentence that need unpacking. Okay, well you remember 90s Sonic was, despite appearing in multiple different productions by multiple different unconnected studios, he was Jaleel White, always. Like, they just agreed that that was Sonic's voice, even though they were being made by totally different companies. Um, and then he went through a series of other voice actors, uh, but I just think it's kind of cool that, that uh, the new voice actor they got for him is a black guy. Sonic's black again. Sure. <laughs> I, it's we need really the... embarrassing that I can't remember the dude's fucking name, which, shame on me, I'm sorry. <laughs> we need the content for this episode. This just popped past my Twitter for five seconds. See, it's on topic. I learned about it on the socials media. Yep. Okay, uh, what else can I tell you about the voices? Most of the cameo characters were voiced by their actual official voice actors. C-3PO, for example, Groot, Grumpy... That was Anthony Daniels? Yeah. I didn't realize he was still around. Good on him. Uh, tell me about Yes, because she's the only other new character who has any kind of like presence or personality going on. Uh, she's a lady named Taraji P. Henson, about whom I know nothing because, I don't know, I'm extremely white. Okay, so no one I would recognize, unfortunately. But No. I, I was hoping we might learn something interesting about her or whatever, because I think she does a great job here. Uh, like I said, the, the algorithm thing is gross, but the character we're presented with is very cool and enjoyable. Mm-hmm. And all the princesses were voiced by their current voice actress. Um, and indeed, everyone who could be was voiced by their original voice actress. Current voice actress? Oh, like, God, for like Kingdom Hearts and shit. Yeah, and, and also stuff like promotional material, um, oh, yeah, walkthroughs yeah. and guides on rides. Like, they've needed a Cinderella... <laughs> God, I totally forget that the, the Disney parks are even a factor in this because there's uh, like the whole idea of Disneyland is so alien to me. Yeah, it's it's a <laughs> it's a fantasy kingdom in a literal way. Like we don't think it exists. <laughs> um. Hmm, yeah. So I guess they would have voiceovers and stuff rather than just letting the the cast members voice them because you're not going to get a person to recite fresh lines for every park when you could just record them once and distribute them. That's. I mean, that's interesting. I've never thought about it before. Uh-huh. So I don't need to, like, sharp intake of breath over, like, Pocahontas or anything. No. The fact that she's a bit part here doesn't mean they just got additional voices to take care of her. I mean, she got additional voices credit, but I think she's on contract to Disney, so shrug. Like, I think that her pay rate is probably not determined too much by the credits in Wreck-It Ralph 2. Oh, your pay rate's neither here nor there. I'm thinking about whitewashing. Yeah. My research was not able to produce... Whether Frank Welker revoiced Miko? Uh, Frank Welker was not Miko. He was Flip. Oh, my bad. Yeah, you, you know the sun. <laughs> Sorry, you picked one of the only movies I give enough of a shit about to know who voiced the animal sidekick. And, yeah, that's... And Alan Tudyk gets to use words in this one. He got to use words in the last Ralph. No, but in the last movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. He was a chicken. 
Yeah, Alan Tudyk is settling in nicely to the new Frank Welker. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true. I did. I liked him in this as well. I guess. I guess technically, I liked all of our new characters for this one, except the spam guy who inexplicably turns out to be a good guy in the end, despite representing the grossest and seediest parts of the internet. Yeah, he's he's a gold farmer. Yeah. Don't worry, he's a good guy at heart. Yeah, he's an RMT gold farmer. <laughs> the most unbelievable thing about him is that he speaks English. <laughs> he is extremely just some white American dude, isn't he? It's interesting. Yeah. Uh, I guess that's better than going with any number of racial stereotypes they would have picked instead. Yeah, or, well... <laughs> Then we get to the question of, well, what else could they have done to do a better job? And no, I don't want to do that. I do not want to waste any time <laughs> in this podcast talking about ways this movie could have done a better job of representing the things it represented because this was made by Disney, who are a multi-billion dollar global empire. They should have fucking got it right and made a good <laughs> job of it instead of producing this trash. I'm going to talk a little more about it, but that's because I find the the... Uh, conceptualization of the internet to be the most interesting substance to talk about in this movie. Because God knows the story isn't interesting and the character development isn't interesting. And that takes us through the animation and making and the music. Imagine dragons. Woo! <laughs> oh, I've got an animation note. Yep. Uh, I actually really enjoyed uh, Nose... Nose more? Nose more. Nose stuff. Nose things. Ask Jeeves. Yeah. I really enjoyed his animation because they used the fact that he wears glasses to do just traditional 2D animation on his eyes. Yeah. And it's really charming. I can't believe what a sucker I am for a limited frame rate. Uh, but every time that came up in this movie, I was like, oh, it's like a little hit of like, oh, I remember when this would have been, you know, nice to look at. Also, they put design sketch artwork in the oh, credits. Oh shit, yeah, there's a 2D art of Shank at the end and it's so, oh my god. Mm. She's incredible. I have never realized before this point that what I wanted in my life was G-rated fucking Disney level Fast and Furious. Yeah. With, with like an interracial girl-led cast. But that would be sick as fuck apparently. Yeah. We got that here for about 10, 15 minutes. Then we go back to Ralph's shitty movie. Yep. <sighs> that leads us on, however, to Grand Thesis, of which I have none. Ah, I have one. We've had a lot of laughs today. One of the things we laughed about was a number of inappropriate jokes about porn on the internet. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> and about Ralph discovering part of himself after he got internet famous. And Sonic being very popular on the internet. And E-Boy being an entirely different kind of website. No, Ralph. Please stop talking about it. But you know what I think after doing the intro to this podcast? I think this corporate, sanitized, tiny, regulated, branded spheres vision of the internet. I think what we're seeing here is an internet without porn. I imagine this internet complete with its dark web that they imagine, resting atop the pornography-accepting internet like a sparrow trying to incubate an <laughs> ostrich egg. <laughs> this is Disney's internet, so they'll never admit that the egg is full of porn. Yeah, just jammed full of porn. Yeah. 
Anyway, that's that's just where I was going with that. That was my little fan fiction garden path thing. Yeah, no, I I, I like it. I like it. Uh, I like it in particular because my point was like everything in this world is like I said. Like these 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 are humans who move through a city. This is not a city for humans. This entire place is a dreadful heterotopia. You are not meant to stay here. You're not meant to hang around. You are meant to provide your heart and then move on. It's a vision of the internet where the human is a process. Now, one thing that this definitely did not have right about the 2018 internet is the sheer juggernaut of surveillance following everyone <laughs> already. Oh, God, yeah. Like, they made a lot of jokes about, like, invasive pop-ups and, uh, you know, a little bit of identity theft joke when they finally got to the dark web, which, I like, I assume this is you know, the the youth group version of the rough side of town kind of thing. Yeah, it's like when a Christian school puts on a play and the goons aren't allowed to swear. <laughs> exactly. Um, but, like, I don't know how they didn't have, like, every time somebody popped up with a click on me ad that they weren't, like, carrying surveillance gear and stuff. That would have been the joke. Or just got punched in the head. <laughs> the click-through rate of pop-up ads in 2015 was point oh. Oh, yeah, it's shit old. People know what they came for. They don't care about your ads. People aren't clicking on ads, man. They're tolerating ads. They're watching ads. (laughs) Bots click on ads. Yeah. (laughs) Just uh, bots showing ads to bots. (laughs) Yeah, there's a lot wrong with, with this personification, manifestation, with this abstraction of the internet. Some of it works. There's, there's some good stuff. I enjoy very much that the algorithm is is called, yes, and her assistant is called, maybe. Yeah. That's kind of delightful. And I there's bits of it that I really enjoy, like when they're first talking to her and her wild take on how Ralph can get internet famous is like, well, okay, it's not her idea, but she absolutely said, like, he's like, I'll just do everything that's already popular again. And she's like, yeah, that's great. And that, to me, is a very funny joke about algorithms. <laughs> it, it is, however, I think an unintentional joke. I think I it's think, unintentional, I yeah. I think that's funny. It's so sad. Because they clearly think that she's like a, a good, motivated character who's trying to help him. And, and is like, she's nothing but a force for good in this movie. Whereas the actual popularity algorithm on sites like YouTube is a hell beast. That is dumb as fuck and a massive racist. And actively evil. Actively mendacious. Awful, trend-following, dumb as a brick, invasive... Radicalization engine. To personify these traits, you would wind up with a true villain of the internet. And that's obviously not what this character is, so I can only assume that the one funny joke they made with her, it was also a mistake. The nature of the internet's evil underbelly being seeing people say mean things in comments section as expressed by a woman who's meant to represent the YouTube algorithm is extremely (laughs) dark. Yeah, imagine the YouTube algorithm being like, oh, honey, don't read the comments. It's okay, this place just brings out the worst in people. No, the YouTube algorithm says, read the comments, respond to the comments, incite more comments, engage. Get into a fight. Get into a fight. Oh my God, get into a fight. So grotesque that everyone else will need to come and look at the fight. Back in 2016, I watched a video 
by Stephen Bowie of Cracked, where he made this point specifically, where he says, if you want to see the kind of culture YouTube allows in uncurated spaces, go to any video of gorillas in a zoo and see how long it takes you to find slurs in the comments. And that's this internet. That's this period. Yeah, so uh, huge philosophical disagreement with the character and definitely a a, uh, conceptual fail. The whole representation of the viruses is pretty weird and dumb as well. Like, I get that it's kind of the Wild West as far as they're concerned. Like, you know, oh, we can make a virus do anything. Um, but it, I mean, you could have made a better attempt to make it result in something that viruses actually, like, do in the real world. Like, what I'm looking for in a movie where we make metaphors out of the stuff we interact with is, you know what, we're going to take a detour into Inside Out. This is not the Pixar podcast. And never will be. And I think we've agreed never will be. But... I really like Inside Out, not because I think it's a fucking spectacular movie and I love sadness or whatever, but I really enjoyed the metaphors they used for the, like, depression and grieving process. Uh, Because it was always the stuff that we see happening from the inside character's point of view manifests outwardly in stuff that doesn't seem weird. It's exactly the stuff that happens on the outside when a person is going through this. So, like, we're seeing the metaphorical pillars of her identity being accidentally destroyed as she spirals uh, into a worse emotional state. And outwardly, this is manifesting in things like just suddenly starting to cry for no reason. Uh, Which is what fucking happens when you're dealing with super stressful stuff and you don't know how to... Uh, accept the the negative feelings that go along with it. So, like, that's 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 good metaphors. In in this movie, we get a computer virus. Oh, sorry, you guys can't see my quote fingers. We get a quote unquote computer virus, which manifests as just a bunch of like Wreck It Ralph faces pop up all over your screen, <laughs> or. Uh, you know, the site you were going to, well, I guess redirecting sites works, but it doesn't redirect them in the way that a virus would redirect them. It's, it's just a really poor representation of something that would have been so easy to go, here's the clever concept of how this is happening on the inside, and here's how it manifests in something that you have experienced in your regular internet browsing experience. Isn't that kind of funny? Don't you see how that, like, directly maps onto that? (laughs) I see what you did there. But what we actually get is just, you know, oh, internet device do crazy because big dum-dum. Remember how I said that Wreck-It Ralph was Boomercore? Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. This is a boomer's vision of the internet. (laughs) It's a boomer's vision of how a computer virus works for fucking sure. Yeah, the internet just breaks sometimes because of weird things going on on that internet. No, dad, it's because you turned on airplane mode. I saw a funny guy from that old game. Really? Or... Or did you just see a crude drawing that, that someone did of, like, any cartoon character? Anyway. Anyway, so that sucks. Um, the 
whole virus scanning for insecurities thing and like you say oh, 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 oh you'll never see this one coming it's a double meaning because the movie is about ralph's emotional insecurities and the virus looks for program insecurities and those are the same thing it's not that bad a metaphor but they use it like four times and then they explain it twice and i just by the end of it i was like oh my Fucking God, get it. I get it. You had one idea about how to do this. Stop telling me about it. So that fucking sucked. Um, Shank is perfect. <laughs> She's great. I love every bit of her in this movie. She's excellent. She's just, they're like, oh no, she's like a super dangerous car villain. And she's just nice. And she's a good friend. And she gives great advice. And she knows how to fix everything. And she's sick as fuck and ridiculously hot. Uh, and I guess if this movie was about her, it'd be kind of boring because she's perfect. But, you know, considering that this wasn't her movie, she got to just be perfect and it was great. That's the good thing about this movie. The rest of it can go to hell. This doesn't feel as much like a grand thesis as much as you just have a lot of... Oh yeah, I got sidetracked for my grand thesis. To do... Look, I, my grand thesis is that this movie is a really poor representation of the internet. And uh, having discussed it with you, I have to agree that that is primarily due to the extremely boomer vibe uh, surrounding the Wreck-It Ralph character that makes him seem weird and out of place in a way that could work if attention was drawn to it. But instead, the world reinforces that it's actually kind of normal and this movie just doesn't really care about how things are and it's also a metaphor for Vanellope becoming a teenager which you know does work actually that part's all right it kind of has moved away to college vibes yeah that too I mean I guess because she's sort of an of an indeterminate age to begin with like she's perma chibi so she's a kid but we have no idea what kind of kid yep um yeah that that metaphor Pretty much works. It's just a shame we have to deal with Ralph being the the crux of that development because Ralph was awful in the first movie and he's awful in this movie. I do not like him. Wreck-It Ralph. The cause of and solution to Wreck-It Ralph's problems. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It should have been so easy for Disney to get you with the story about an assigned villain who finds it easy to destroy things. And sometimes can't control his own temper. But this definitely ain't it. Oh wait, they did that! It was called Stitch! He was great! We loved him. Oh well. This is a movie about meme culture and video games. I teach courses on this. And this movie fills me with nothing but disgust. Yeah. You gotta watch Ready Player One this semester, huh? Oh, Tal, I pine for you. I grieve for your suffering. Can we get through whatever land and get the fuck done with this shit? Yeah, let's get out of here. You can make money on YouTube really easy. Fuck off. <laughs> yeah, don't you know? It just converts likes to money. That's how it works. <laughs> that is absolutely how it works. That's how it works. Yep, I see no problems with this reasoning. All of the shirt designs are really good. <clears throat> All of the shirts that the princesses are wearing are really frustratingly good. 
the casual princess looks are fucking excellent. I love them, but like I said before, it wasn't worth all the horrible shit that was around them. And any given fan artist on the internet could have done just as good a job and had been doing just as good a job for about 10 years before Disney went shit. We could actually own that instead of just letting fans do it. I particularly hate it now because those particular designs are now Disney corporate branding. I'm sure that I can go and get the G to G. G I'm sure I can go and get the G to G shirt that Cinderella was wearing, or the shiny shirt that Moana was wearing, or the the naptime yeah, shirt. Yeah, no doubt. I've seen the poison apple design for Snow White in a zing. Yeah, dead set, absolutely guaranteed that you can go get them now, and now they're corporate branding. Which means the one fun creative thing about those characters <laughs> is just another cynical, yep. soulless expression of who they aren't. Guess your fun subversive play with these characters is over, artists. Tiny bonus shout out to when everyone is menacing Vanellope with weapons. Ariel has a fork. That's fun. That is cute. Uh, you know what sucks though? Um, did you notice what Pocahontas has? A stick. She has her father's war club, which in her movie was like you know, used to try and kill the man. <laughs> I mean, it's just a lot of sort of weird mixed messaging shit going on there. And it definitely has the root of, we couldn't think of anything suitable for her to use as a weapon. Because it's a stretch to pretend that this Disney princess has a weapon. Which kind of sucks, because the Powhatan War Club is a pretty baller weapon. It is a baller weapon! I got nothing wrong with it, it's just... It's interesting that that is the only thing they could think of. I genuinely laughed out loud at Open Sesabees. Open Sesabees was the one, like, full, genuine, non-cynical laugh without a porn joke attached that this movie got out of me. Uh, so I'll, I'll pay it for that. My turn. Uh, I- God, I'm gonna complain again. No! Don't, you can't stop me! Uh... There is so much fucking logo branding in this movie, and I was really sad every time I saw one, because I think I would have found this so funny if it had all been bland name shit. Yeah. Like, I get that that's kind of a cheap laugh, but they could have come up with a bunch of really funny parody names and stuff. They probably still could have gotten the brand deals out of it, because, like, people would still recognize Twitter if you called it Twitter. It's... Okay, bad example. <clears throat> The thing is, they did. They did do it with one or two, didn't they? BuzzTube is yeah. not YouTube. and But then they had actual YouTube as well. And the know-it-all guy, he is <laughs> meant to be Google, but they weren't going to use Google because Google is actually pretty aggressive about saying their name as a verb. But Google's actual branding is on a fucking skyscraper. Yeah, you buy them at different rates. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. I mean, the whole Google as a verb thing is, uh, we, we know about that because it's in danger of becoming a generic term and then their trademark is going to be in danger. Eat shit. Uh, definitely eat shit. I mean, I could, I could not give a fuck about your trademark or anybody else's. Hi, Disney. Yeah, you can suck it, too. Uh, but anyway, I, I was disappointed that we did not get goofy brand parodies. I would have liked that. There was another avenue for a really good little Spanish flea moment. <laughs> oh, yes. When she chucks the cookie off the edge and Ralph's like, oh, no. And we both looked at each other and went, okay. <laughs> Roll credits. Yeah, I... Ooh. 
Why they keep going through the steps to have Ralph learn a lesson, but somehow it never feels sincere and I still hate him at the end. It's because he doesn't project the air of someone who's learned his lesson. Yeah. He never feels like he learned his lesson. He feels like he has been moved to a containment zone where he has not yet wrecked things. <laughs> and I get the whole, oh, you know, he's wrecked Ralph. He's going to be big and clumsy and awkward. It's it's the same energy of a dad misgendering their kid repeatedly because, oh, well, you know, it's just different for me from my it, time. It's hard for your old dad. Like, fuck off. Try harder, dad. You signed up for this. Yeah. You... You genuinely signed up for this. Anyway, you wanna you wanna deal with some very brief fan fiction? Yeah, absolutely. Alright, so world building wise, we have a fundamental problem in that this is a place that is it is actually a business that is actually open and has actual customers paying for their video games with single quarters. <laughs> well good, we are talking about the anachronism, because here's the thing. It makes sense for Ralph to take quarters. I have no problem with that. He's obviously a retro machine. No, it's fine, whatever. But the fact that that Sugar Rush takes coins is absurd. It's a way more modern game. The the graphics of an LP on screen are not remarkably different from her graphics just in the movie in general. Which means this is a really high res, really fast 3D game. It is not old at all. They call it vintage in this movie. It's supposedly vintage in 2017. That's some bullshit. Which would mean it would be from 2007. It doesn't even seem that old. Which, for an arcade cabinet with a dedicated graphics processor, actually does seem pretty reasonable. What I want to talk about here is not so much that, because coin returns are modular. Coin return, like, Ralph's game would, in the real world, have a coin return that isn't even a coin return anymore. It would be a bill return or it would be a yeah, place yeah. where you tap a token. Well, I mean, that... Once again, I understand if you're not modding the retro machine. Like, that has an element of wanting it to be like it was, and that's the point, right? Yeah, but it would be a deliberate point, and it would have to be... It, like, there is no way that Ralph has been preserved at 25 cents a play since 1983. Oh, you're talking about so you can make the price go up. Yeah, yeah, sure. The coin returns have always been modular. They always can slot out and they can always go in for different currencies because it's not viable to do otherwise. But if nothing else, isn't a quarter the biggest coin Americans have? Yeah, the quarter represents the most currency value you can represent with a single coin in America. Yeah, right. So it's not even like when arcades went out of business here they could they were taking two dollar coins at that point and usually two of them at a time yeah and also there's the sackage away of dollar coins but they're not nationwide sorry currency nerd moment oh they do have a dollar coin do- yeah it, no one's putting those on arcade machines yeah. yeah um the thing is you couldn't sustain any arcade at 25 cents a play even if every single game was being constantly oh, played oh god yeah that's a really good point and Which, I was going to say, you could require multiple coins, but in this movie, we see someone go from putting coin into playing the game, and it's only one. It's 25 cents for Sugar Rush. So, here is my theory. Mr. Litwax Arcade is a membership arcade. Uh-huh. At the start of the year, you pay your $500, and that means for the rest of the year, you get the retro experience of always being to show up and play everything for 25 cents. And randoms can come in off the street and they have to pay 
a temporary membership fee, which might be, yeah, you can pay $20 and now every game after that is 25 cents and it will work out. The other alternative is that this is somewhere situated inside a theme park where, yeah, you, <laughs> we got you in the door for $160 yeah, okay. and now, yeah, sure, you can play our arcade games for 25 cents. Those are easy to maintain compared to the rides. That would make sense, but I'm pretty sure we see that that's not the case because we see it from the outside in this movie and we also get its address. Yeah. It, and one of those two would surely reveal if it was part of a theme park. Well, it, it might be a Detroit-themed theme park, which is why it looks like a parking <laughs> lot. I don't know. But, yeah, Didn't that's my... it's in California or something? I don't care. It, that That's my explainer. That's my way that you could hypothetically <laughs> do that kind of business at that kind of rate. Because I like the membership idea. It's complete piff <laughs> any other way. There's it, no way it's $500 because there are children in there, so... It's going to be less than that, but it could be less than that. No, 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 no. That. that's the thing. Start of the year, my dad got me a membership to this arcade, and I'm going to go there with my friends, and we're going to wave the card, and we're going to play video games all day, every day after school on the way home. Right. And that's like a big thing. Like, that that could be a kind of, you know, treat prize for a kid over the course of a year. I don't know. You're not going to pay more than, like, a gym membership or some shit for that, though. <laughs> Americans pay for gym memberships and don't use them. Yeah, and you're not going to pay more for an arcade membership you may or may not use than a gym membership you may or may not lose. Remember, gyms have guilt. Point is, you can't sustain this on the model it's got. Yeah, got to agree with that. Unfortunately, the biggest issue with the membership idea is that they would definitely have tokens instead of coins if it was membership. Because the main way you sustain something like that is instead of exchanging for quarters, you know, currency you exchange for tokens and you get like 10 or 20 dollars worth of them at a time we see them exchanging 10 or 20 dollars for quarters you could take the quarters and leave that's the thing if you buy tokens then you have to spend them here if you get change what else are you, you using a quarter for in america well, in it's, it's a lot of shit that has weird low coin values on it the buying power of the five cent piece is approaching the buying power of the penny yeah, well, that's no different to here. I remember a discussion where the, I think the 20 cent piece now has a comparable value to the one or the two when it went. Yeah, you're right. Sorry, I'm sidetracking. I just want to talk about our coins because Americans don't know shit about us and I always feel insecure about that. It's okay. If we spend our time talking about, you know what we should do if we want to talk about our culture is we should make a podcast that isn't about vomiting Americans' culture back in their faces. <laughs> No one's going to watch the Spellbinder rewatch podcast, Talon. Totally wild. Episodes 1 to 600. Right. I don't know if I could handle that. And uh, with that wending out of whatever land, we now look upon the face of capitalism, naked and bare as it is this movie. <sighs> Did it cost around $150 million to make this movie, Talon? Uh, yeah, and I've cut that entry out of the oh, template. I guessed it. woo woo, -woo. Yeah, now here's your question did this make more or less than moana oh, please be if you make more than <laughs> i don't even want to look i want i want to lube all this shit i if this made more than than 500 million i'm going to be disgusted you know what i'm disgusted anyway but you know give me some hope be disgusted i'm afraid but it made 529 okay i'm only 29 million dollars worth of disgusted versus Moana's 645. Yeah, Moana really deserved better. Yeah. And the critical reception is, I don't care, and I want this to be over. 
That's the best review I've heard all year. If this edit takes me more than an hour, I'm going to be <laughs> mad and coming for you. Hey, don't blame me. This is Ralph's fault. No, 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 no. You told me you had a grand thesis and what we got was 17 minutes of complaining. Because <laughs> that's what a grand thesis is. That's the grand thesis this movie deserves. We've got laughs from coast to coast to make you smile. We've got a look at each of you to capture all that style. It's the dinky dats you do, the funny things you do. Australia, Australia, this is you.